This episode is brought to you by Empower. While Empower can't tell you who to start at running back each week, they can help you tackle your money questions. Can you retire early? What's your net worth? Will you be able to afford your child's education? With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you can get clarity on your real-life financial goals. Join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. To start today, visit Empower.com. The world isn't wide enough. Get immersed in the expansive views of the 48-inch customizable panoramic display in the all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid. Explore more at Lincoln.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Once, I lost so badly in my fantasy football league that I had to eat an entire can of dog food covered in wasabi. It was unpleasant. But now, I've found the fantasy footballer's element draft kit. The days of dog food are gone as I dig into their breakouts, values, tiered rankings, and much more. If you want to join me in the winner's circle where you don't have to paint your butt cheeks like an elephant's face, head over to www.elementdraftkit.com and prepare for your fantasy draft. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers Podcast with your hosts, Andy Holloway, Jason Moore, and Mike Wright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. And that's the Fantasy Footballers Podcast, if you are nasty. I... Is that a low groan? Oh, it's a low groan. I'm, I'm, I'm jacked. I'm so excited for this show. I'm your host for the day, Mike, the fantasy hitman, right? Joined by my best friend of the moment, Jason Moore. How you doing, best friend? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic as well because we have a awesome live show here in a couple days. Indeed, we do. It is July the 28th. We are on episode. Jason, do you know this? Oh uh, my goodness! Twelve. Fifty-five. I would have preferred a twelve hundred, and then fifty-five. Like twelve fifty-five sounds like a time of day. Okay. Well, it it was that time at one point. That's <laughs> checking fair. your watch. Well, I just thought if it was twelve fifty-five, right now, it'd be pretty cool. Look behind you, Jason. <laughs> Welcome into the podcast today. We are breaking down the AFC North. If you want to follow us on socials, please do, where we're putting out a whole bunch of free content over there, Instagram.com slash FantasyFootballers, or you can find Jason and myself on uh, Instagram and Twitter, at JasonFFL. I am at FFHitman. You can find at Andy Holloway, or you can find Andy at Andy Holloway over there. And of course, as a great friend of the show, uh, we'll, just, we'll call him CW. Because he's such a good friend of the, the show. Yeah, C-Dub. Yeah, C- yeah, C-Dubs was in the house uh, talking about the Ultimate Draft Kit. UltimateDraftKit.com, that is our product. That is the tool that you need. The only tool you need for the offseason to get ready for your fantasy football draft. It's uh, two mice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got a jam-packed show because training camps are underway. A lot of things are happening, so let's get to it. 
news and notes from around the league. All right, the big one. Well, a lot of big ones came through, but the biggest one that came through, the Buccaneers and Thomas the Plant Man Brady. Plant Man no. Things just keep getting better for that guy in it's, Tampa Bay. They have signed Julio Jones to a one-year contract. I feel like not everyone that makes a deal with the devil has it go as well as Tom Brady has. It, 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 I mean, it was like a month ago. It seemed like Tom Brady was low in my rankings. Who's right. going to be, you know, Russell Gage getting a little bit artificially inflated and, you know, because his situation, Godwin's not there. Uh, Antonio Brown is gone. Gronk is gone. And now... They've really done a, a nice job retooling. I don't think Julio Jones is D-U-N. I don't think he's washed. Um, His body might be. Going back, well, I mean, he might get injured for sure. I mean, he, he obviously dealt with an injury last year. Uh, but when you... And the year before that. I went and watched the film just to compare. You know, it, I've been pretty vocal anti-A.J. Green over the last, you know, 12 months at least, if not longer. 24. Yeah, probably 24. Um and when I watched that film, Julio still had a lot more to his game than A.J. Green did. He just didn't have enough time on the field. So given what A.J. Green did for the Cardinals last year, I think Julio can at least add that to the Buccaneers. Then you have the report that Chris Godwin yes. not placed on the PUP. Now, he was not – this is a little confusing. I'll, I'll be completely honest here. I don't get what's going on with the PUP, <laughs> with training camps. Like – I know, obviously, you go on the training camp PUP, you can come off the second you're, you're, you're uh, you know, uh, recovered. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was on the pup for about 12 minutes, and then they took him off. He's back at practice. Whereas other people, like James Robinson, who was not placed on the PUP, but they're hoping to have it practice, like, by mid-August. Yeah. And this is kind of similar to Chris Godwin. He was cleared for training camp, not placed on the PUP, but also was not participating in, like, the, the practice. Because he's not ready. So I don't really understand why some teams are utilizing the PUP and some teams aren't. It's still good news for his recovery timeline. Uh, everything has been very, very positive. But for Brady, if you get Chris Godwin healthy, Julio Jones added to the roster, Mike Evans is already a star. You know, they even added Kyle Rudolph, who uh, obviously he's not you know, moving the needle in massive ways. But that's just another – when he's the fifth or sixth option at the yep. back of the end zone being gigantic – Brady will find him. Looking uh, historically speaking, wide receivers who are 33 years or older or, and they changed teams, what happened for the following season? Because you know, Julio Jones, he is over 33. Essentially, the results are Anquan Bolden balled out because so Anquan Bolden is an all-timer, which Julio Jones is. However, then you have like A.J. Green, Jordy, Manny Sanders, like these guys, where it was just, it was meh. Yeah, you know, like I mean, it's not, it's not nothing because these are really talented wide receivers, but they're clearly at the end of their career. For but them. a lot of those situations were wide receivers going to mediocre to bad situations. Right. This yeah, is a yeah. wide receiver going to Tom Brady, who's going to throw the ball seven hundred times. So I, I do think this will be, um, at, at least as good as you know, if he plays the season, it'll be at least as good as AJ Green was last season in Seahawks news the Chris Carson running back he has retired from the NFL due to his neck injury 
I mean, a really unfortunate injury. Chris Carson was awesome and a delight to watch him play football. But, I mean, hats off to that career from a seventh-round pick, basically the last pick in the draft, into a starting running back, 24 touchdowns in five seasons. Thankfully, he got himself a bag of money uh, a couple years back, and and the NFL will miss him. Yeah, uh, regarding uh, Ken Walker and Rashad Penny, it was already assumed, I think, by most sure. analysts, most fans, that it was a it was, it was just those two guys. Now it's kind of official that Chris Carson is gone, and it is official in the sense like check your dynasty rosters. If you forgot, like, oh yeah, I had right. Chris Carson on there. He's done. He's is. There's no comeback happening. So drop him. Make a transaction. Move on. Uh, we got big news out of San Francisco, Jason. Oh, okay. 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan says uh, he, John Lynch, and Jimmy Garoppolo, they all spoke, and they're all on the same page. Quote, we have moved on to Trey. Trey Lance, your boy. I don't even need, no, I don't even need to say it. We can just call him Trey. Is that his, you're not going to refer to him as Mr. Lance at, at, under any circumstance? No respect? Well, we'll workshop some things. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this was another one of those situations, right? It was assumed. But it is so nice to have the clarity because if you keep going on and yeah. Garoppolo's there and yada, yada, at this point yes. in time, I believe that they will cut Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they can go into the season with him on the roster after saying, you know, Jimmy knows, uh, Trey knows, the team knows, this is Trey's team. Uh, and and if that's the case, you know, the Seahawks are out there. You know, I don't think they would trade him to the Seahawks. No. But if they cut him, Jimmy Garoppolo can well, – they might be willing to. I mean, if if you're the 49ers and you see the writing on the wall that no one is coming to get him, if you cut him, he has his choice of where he can go, and there's a few spots. Like, to me, it's Seattle, Houston, and I. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. I think Atlanta makes sense functionally that no coach ever, ever wants to say we're fully in rebuild mode. Sure. Because if, if, like, the Falcons add Jimmy Garoppolo – that is a much, much better team than going out there with Marcus Mariota and then seeing if Desmond Ritter has anything. Yeah, I mean, not really, though, because that team is so bad that Jimmy Garoppolo... I feel like you would need to add Patrick Mahomes. If you put Patrick Mahomes on that roster, I'm not I, saying I don't think a, they make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but I'm saying they are a much better team. And I think Garoppolo's a starter. Like, I, I, I wouldn't say yeah. he's a top-tier starter, but he's a starter in the NFL. <laughs> He can manage a really good roster. So, like, yes. honestly, uh, another situation that could come up, and we don't know the information, and right now all the uh, rumors seem to be probably about an eight game, but if Deshaun Watson were to lose the season, they have the cap space, and it would make sense to me to have a good roster led by Jimmy Garoppolo there. But um, it's Trey Lance's team, and there shouldn't be any fear about that. Draft him where he's going right now in your home leagues in that ninth, tenth round Every time. Yes, very excited for Trey Lance. The Saints have activated Michael Thomas. He let everyone on Twitter know that your favorite fantasy doctor was lying to you. Um, I'm not really, I'm not really sure what, what, what he's doing, calling out the fantasy football community. You just missed two years with, with an ankle injury, Michael Thomas. You can't be like, I've, I've got no medical problems. Yeah, uh, for a man who is – the last time he caught a touchdown, it was December of 2019. He was the one that had a surgery right before the season started and then ended up missing the whole year. So, I don't, weird stuff. Michael Thomas, interesting character, but he is back. 
Uh, there's value. Will he be, be good? I don't know, man. I I don't believe that he will be awful. I I think he will be uh, probably the leading target. I said, will this. he be good though? I didn't say will he be awful. Will he be good? I think he'll be good for fantasy at the value for where he's dropped. Like depending on now, I don't know. You know, if he's back at training camp, back in preseason games, and he starts skyrocketing up boards, and he's in the fourth round. No, it's probably not that great. But for where he's going right now, if you're in drafts going on or you've been taking him, he will certainly be a value for, for that spot that he's been landing. Out of Washington, Antonio Gibson, my champion, former champion, not really sure at this point. It's a it's a, it's a complicated relationship. You've de-championed him? I, I'm not going to say that, mm -hmm. but I just it's a complicated relationship well, you know, with, you, with me you, and Gibson. You choose a champion to fight for you for your life. That's usually the role. that okay. That's my understanding of choosing a champion in most game of thrones rules in game of yeah game of thrones rules you choose a champion they're going to fight for you you live or you die i would okay. i would not put my life on antonio <laughs> gibson so i would be looking for a new champion that might be trey lance yeah we'll, we'll we'll see but anyways he's not practicing right now uh he is being held out with an abundance of caution it is a hamstring so at this point nothing but keep an eye on it. Yeah, at it's least. Uh, same with the Cardinals wide receiver yep. Marquise Hollywood Brown was placed on the active non-football injury list with a hamstring issue that was caused while he was running routes on his own. These two issues are something where you, man, it sucks, but it's also nothing. This is so early where usually a hamstring injury has the highest is risk of re-injury within the first few weeks after coming back so hopefully they're gone for a week or two weeks they come back and it's still enough timeline before drafts are happening where we're weeks past them being back from the injury in which case it is absolutely nothing to me with the sole exception of like Antonio Gibson the, the one problem of him missing camp sure is that Brian Robinson the third yep. round running back is now getting work with you know the first team yep. and and He's playing the Antonio Gibson role, so no matter what, that that is a negative for Gibson's potential fantasy value. News out of Green Bay. Rookie wide receiver Christian Watson. He had a minor knee surgery. He's going to miss a bit of time. Uh, this was very recent. He just had it in June. For fantasy value, immediate fantasy value for a rookie playing with Aaron Rodgers, this is potentially catastrophic news. I know that they... They put a lot into Christian Watson in, in terms of they moved way up in the second round to go get him. They've they came out and they said we're not looking to add any veteran wide receivers. This, of course, said after they were linked to trying to get Julio Jones on the team. Well, they're but, not any anymore. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I know they they missed out on that. But uh, now you got Aaron Rodgers talking about my dude Alan Lazard a little bit more. He had a funny quote when asked how, uh, you know, how's it going to be going from, uh, you know, Devontae Adams yeah. to Alan Lazard as your wide receiver one. He mm -hmm. said it's always hard when you go from a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer. And uh, to which Mike was, he liked that joke. I, was, I mean, it, I, I understand it's a joke, but I think he's, he's there's a little bit of truth in there. Just a little bit. I mean, look. We don't little, like all jokes. A little bit. Yeah. There's some bad jokes out yeah. there. That was that was a good joke for you. Um, but I agree with you. Like the Christian Watson, I I like Christian Watson. I have been. Um, He's an interesting prospect. Yes, I, I've been 
pro Christian Watson as a prospect. Uh, I know that there are some red flags in his profile, but I like the talent um, a lot. I like the athleticism a lot. But the issue we've always had is like, okay, is he going to get the trust of Aaron Rodgers? Because that's all that matters. It doesn't matter where you were drafted. It doesn't matter what the GM or the coach wants. Yes, like, says Alan Lazard, not drafted. Yeah, exactly. Does Aaron Rodgers like you or not? Well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't know if he likes Christian Watson, and it's going to get to a later start. And so this is just bad news for him being able to he's, – he's already got quite a few things to overcome. You don't want a knee – is a minor knee surgery, which is – it's just I prefer no knee surgery. Yeah, I prefer that. You know what Watson should be doing while he's laid up? He should be on a Nicolas Cage movie bender. Because uh, I don't know if you realize that Aaron Rodgers showed up cosplaying oh, yes. as Nicolas Cage and, and said some very complimentary things towards the actor. Just saying, Christian Watson, if, if you want to get in the good graces, I think that's a professional move to do that. All right. It is AFC North. We we held off as long as we could on the AFC North because there is a team that has a quarterback situation. A slight going, range of outcomes. Uh, that is, at the time of this recording, is still not resolved, but we will do our oh, best. Mike, don't worry. As soon as we release this, yeah, I know. the information will come I out. I know. Let's get divisional. All right, the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals, they took home the division on their way to a Super Bowl appearance. The Bengals were 10-7. and seven. They they dominated their projected win total of 6.5. They were 4-5 and five in one-score games, and they were only favored in two games all season. No respect given to the Cincinnati Bengals. Respect taken. The respect was absolutely taken. Do remember, Joe Burrow was coming off a devastating knee injury. You had no idea if he was going to be able to bounce back. What is this team going to look like? But seventh in points per game, seventh in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Their rushing totals not as strong, despite Joe Mixon being excellent for fantasy football. So let's start at the top, Jason. How are you feeling about Joe Burrow? Uh, I... I feel both good and bad about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, the player, the talent. Coldy hot. Well, it's really it's it's the game. We're playing a game of fantasy football. So do I, do I think Joe Burrow is a great NFL quarterback? I absolutely believe he's a great NFL quarterback. Do I think that we have not seen the best of Joe Burrow? 100% I think he is going to get better. I think we'll look back. I, I believe Joe Burrow will be a Hall of Famer, and not just for the NFL, but for fantasy. I think he's going to win people fantasy titles. It's rough for me at this point in time to think that this is the year where he's being drafted with this current setup of coaching like they got to the Super Bowl so you can't really well here's the thing you can't if, criticize if you believe if Joe Burrow is the dude that you believe he is that this is his coach like right I know that at what point yes. do they move on from the coaching staff if they just keep winning I know that's they a, don't well ho I I think what what's going to happen here is that if he keeps winning and Zach Taylor is there with his slow pace of play uh and his cowardice um <laughs> I, I I think that at some point uh, maybe that'll be this year I don't think it'll be this year yet but when he becomes you know one of the top 
three or four widely known quarterbacks in the league, if that happens, he takes over. He calls things at the line of scrimmage. He runs the offense. Sure. And, and it changes from – it doesn't matter who the head coach of Tom Brady is or Peyton Manning or whoever. You, you could put in – Adam Gase could go with Peyton Manning. Right. Just as like a well, random hypothetical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And he crushed. So I, I do think he'll overcome the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right now, I don't think he's in that position. And Zach Taylor runs such a slow offense where, I mean, obviously last year he was, uh, Joe Burrow was good because he was so unbelievably efficient. But he's being drafted as the quarterback five right yeah. now in fantasy, and he's not a guy that's going to be up there in the five, six hundred rushing yards, it's six tough. rushing touchdown type. So for fantasy, I, I don't think I'm going to be drafting him much this season. Joe Burrow is tough. It, it, it's in, This team is so bizarre because I agree. They're, they're a very good team. I think Joe Burrow is excellent. But Joe Burrow... Tons of questions here. Joe Mixon coming off a monster season. I mean, like, when I think about Joe Mixon last year, I think of, oh, I, you know, the Bengals are pretty good. He was solid. Joe Mixon was solid. He had a, he, you know, like, he came through. He's a running back three. Yeah. He, he had 1,200 rushing yards, nearly 300 attempts, 13 rushing touchdowns, 42 receptions for over 300 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns. Like, the dude smashed, and he had a, like a stretch run in the middle of the season. We're running back four, two, four, three, two. Like he was winning you weeks, and yet I'm still meh. I I, I haven't drafted Joe Mixon anywhere because he, he's in that range of like to me. He feels like he's not the not a top tier running back. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna go grab one of the elite wide receivers because they're available. So. Am I wrong with that for Joe Mixon? I'm, in uh, I, rankings, I'm the lowest on him, but my ranking—I don't think you're wrong. Doesn't like my ranking just reflects other. I prefer other guys. It's not that I dislike Joe Mixon for fantasy. Andy has him as the running back four overall, and when yeah, I so Andy is all in. When I first statted out uh, everybody for the ultimate draft kit, it, he was I think my running back five, so I was all in. Over time, he is currently my running back seven, and it all comes down to pass catching. Joe Mixon came into the NFL, I think, as as an excellent pass catcher. Uh, they do not use him in this way. They're putting Samaj P. Ryan ahead of him as a, as a pass catcher. You you brought up, yeah, he had forty two receptions. He only had forty eight targets. I mean, like, I mean, but that's that's pretty normal. That's almost a ninety percent catch yeah, rate. Like, that is that is extremely efficient, and um, that, it goes back to Joe Burrow's efficiency. But my point is, he's not one of those guys that profiles to be thrown the ball 70 80 times he's and and for fantasy when you're talking in the first round uh, the top of the second round it's really hard to draft a guy that you basically need 13 14 15 rushing touchdowns um and so i i like him i think he's going to be solid but i don't think he has the chance to be the running back one okay uh jamar chase and t higgins they are both being drafted extremely high I mean, we all know Jamar Chase, the rookie sensation, but just to highlight what he did, the third most 20-plus yard targets since the year 2000, only three wide receivers have had 18 yards per reception and 13 touchdowns in a season. Jamar Chase, Jordy Nelson, Randy Moss. That is some excellent company to be in for a player coming off of his first season in the NFL. 
So I don't I don't think there's a ton of to discuss about Jamar Chase. T. Higgins to me is far more interesting because like the same is similar to Joe Mixon, right? Right. When you think about Joe Mixon, you think about it. Well, it was an okay season, you know, and he finished crazy high, much higher than I think most people really remember. When you think about T. Higgins, you think he absolutely dominated. Like <laughs> you know, I had him in the playoffs, and like he carried me in in the semis, like 194 and two. Your memory of T. Higgins is the second half of the season after the bye week, not remembering. Over the first half of the season, people were calling in and writing into the show saying, what do I do with T. Higgins? Should I drop T. Higgins because he's killing me? There was and he's a- like, where is the path forward for T. Higgins? Of course, then goes right on his monster run. So how do you handle the the guy who's perceived to be the number two target in the Cincinnati Bengals offense? When like, ha- make Jason, make some sense of this. Yeah, well... Just as a reminder to your story, a little uh, additional gunpowder during the season. If if you're if you're new to the footballers, you haven't been with us through the season. Uh, our pr- producers will put out a post like, "Who are you? Who are your biggest questions about? Like, should I drop?" And he was the number one. Th- yeah. There was a week where he was the number one name where people were like, "Do I drop T Higgins? Should I drop him?" And and it was it was tough to not drop him. You know, going after the first eight weeks of the season, he hadn't done much, but he got injured early on, came back from the shoulder injury and wasn't really good until, you know, several weeks later after their bye week and then dominated to make sense of T Higgins is to believe in the talent of him and the quarterback. I, I wish that this was the chargers coaching staff that would allow them to throw the ball 650 times and, uh, 5,200 yards, uh, in which case T. Higgins would dominate. In this situation, though, most fantasy years, basically every every year, there are multiple wide receivers from the same team that finish as uh, a wide receiver one. So two from the same team in the top 12. Yep. There are several every single year that are top 24 from the same team. I can't envision a world where these two guys – these young stud wide receivers aren't both top 24. So I don't worry about him being a the wide receiver two for the team at all. Uh, it is expensive, and you have to have Joe Burrow continuing to be efficient. But, I mean, my anti-Joe Burrow takes for fantasy have nothing to do with, like, if you throw for 4,800 yards and 35 touchdowns, I mean, your wide receivers are going to be outstanding. Yeah, it's a great year. But for fantasy, that doesn't do it alone at quarterback. If you're not also rushing in six touchdowns, you've got to be like that 5,040 to be a top-end quarterback. So I I think that uh, Burrow, what he does this year, will support T. Higgins and Jamar Chase as two great picks. And then you also have the slot receiver. You have Tyler Boyd, who he also had, you know, four good games. (laughs) The other – it wasn't very consistent – for Mr. Boyd, he has a C grade on his player profile at thefantasyfootballers.com, but you still saw uh, a few spike weeks, including scoring in three straight games as they finished out the season before, of course, the Bengals took uh, week 18 off. Is Tyler Boyd on your radar at all? No, not at all. Um, You know, he's one of those guys that he got exciting down the stretch because I think he had two, two weeks in a row with a 50-yard touchdown where it was like the entire defense forgot about Tyler Boyd, 
and he he takes it to the house. That can happen, but sure. in a redraft league, you're not going to be playing him every single week. And I think his upside is limited as the wide receiver three. Even if he finishes the year as like he finishes as the wide receiver thirty two. So it's like, oh, that's that's a decent finish. If you played him every single week along the way, I'll bet you lose most of your matchup. So yep. he's not someone I'm I'm going after. All right. We're gonna take a quick break and then talk about the Steelers. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, Foot Clan, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more of that precious time. The question is, time for what? What would you do? Maybe more fantasy football? I don't know. If time was unlimited, how would you use it? Um, what would be the first thing you turn to if you had that extra hour? Uh, I think for me, I would often say maybe I'd finally read that book I wanted to read. Maybe it's uh, being there for a friendship that you haven't been able to be there for and the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's actually important to you so that you can make those things a priority and therapy can help you figure that out a therapist can guide you through the process of defining your values and understanding your priorities and then you know what things you can spend time on and what will really fulfill you otherwise you will be left wishing like all of us that we have more time if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp offers convenient, affordable online therapy that comes to you. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com footballers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com footballers. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. The Steelers nine seven and one. I mean, they they Mike Tomlin and crew they pulled off another winning season. One score games they were eight and two. This is another one of those teams though nine and seven and one. Yet a negative point differential. That's, uh, that's not where you want us no, to be that, hitting that button. That is yes, you would rather it be a positive fifty five. Uh, this is. One, though, I Mike Tomlin's a great coach, so mm -hmm. I don't read too much into this one. Like, I expect Mike Tomlin to be 8-2 and two in one-score games and figure out a way to win. But that was last year's team. That was Ben Roethlisberger, who is now retired. So you have a very different-looking team. You They drafted Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, in the first round from the 20th spot, and then they added George Pickens in the second round. For the quarterback, let's let's just start there. You have Mitchell Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, Money Trubisky. As didn't you say? I, I, yeah, I heard called it, him I, Money. Yeah, Tomlin was talking about him. Called him Money. I don't know, but uh, right, right now we need, the, we need the, the the research team on this. Right now, Mitchell Trubisky appears to have the clear lead as the starter. Uh, this is a team you just you just talked about it. Like they they're always a winning team. They've always had Tomlin, and and I'm very interested in the Steelers this year. Just from like a curiosity standpoint, the Big Ben versus Mike Tomlin, 
you know, what was Big Ben making them always win these games, even right. though he looked like he sucked the last few years? Was Tomlin, who I believe is an awesome coach, um, is he the one holding uh, the ship together? But now we get to we get to see kind of like this this new version. You know, you remember two years ago when you couldn't run against the Steelers? Like, you just couldn't? Yes. And then last year they were 32nd against the run and still ended up, you know, making the playoffs. So um, I'm I'm just really wanting to see what happens here. And this could go all over the place. I do have Mitchell Trubisky as the starter. I have him currently with 16 games and one game for Kenny Pickett. That seems to be like the cool thing. You know, you put Trey Lance in for a game. You put Patrick Mahomes right. in for a game. And then next year he'll take over. It will be very interesting uh, as – the Steelers historically a very winning team. If they can, you know, get that defense back together, they can win games. They could probably make the playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett being drafted twentieth. I think that gives them. I, f I feel like they have the leverage to sit him the entire year and not really be questioned about it unless the season completely flips upside down on them. Which, again, I don't expect that to happen. At the running back position, Najee Harris. An absolute monster when it came to workload. N not really efficient so much uh, on the ground, but he was, you know, one of those guys that benefited from, you know, the the pop cap of an arm or pop gun of an arm that, that Big Ben had these days, and he just kept checking it down over and over to Najee. Also handing it to him. Three, also, yes, 307 I mean, rushing attempts. That's yes, crazy. But, I mean, th the targets were absolutely crazy. Uh and talking about Najee is difficult because I think that Najee will still be excellent for fantasy football. But the three of us, as a consensus, we are a little bit lower on him compared to his ADP, which it's not a huge discrepancy between where we have him ranked and where he's going, you know, just a couple of spots. But when you are in the first round, that's – magnified like it's not just oh you have Najee two spots three spots behind where he's being drafted it's that's that's a much bigger deal in the first round yeah right now he's the running back six being drafted at the seventh spot on average on sleeper so you know when when you guys like uh Mike you got him nine Andy has him as the running back 12 so you're not going to draft him at the seventh spot right if he's sev if you've got several other running backs ahead of him um, I have him as the running back six, so I have him basically exactly where his ADP is. I'm fine with Najee. I find um, since I made the transition to Trubisky, and I th I just credit the offense being able to do a little bit more this season, I think Najee's going to be fine. Year after year after year, I don't know how we can still have these cockamamie conversations <laughs> about how, like, well, this is the year that they're not going to, you know, they're going to rest their running back a little bit. You know, they're going oh, right, right. to split up the workload or make sure he's not overused. It's like, we ha I feel like this is like seven years running where the Pittsburgh Steelers, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to bring in another back. They're going to rest them. It's like, no, they, they haven't and they don't. I will not believe that until after I see it. Najee is going to, he's going to touch the ball 330 times. I think if you had to, like, Najee will touch the ball the most in the NFL. Of every single NFL player that's not a quarterback, Najee will touch the ball the most. Now, he will be worse than last year, I believe, because he will not get the targets, targets quite the same. And that's where so much of his value came from. He'll still be targeted a lot, but he's like, I think of him as just a poor man's last year in Najee Harris, which is still pretty darn good. 
He's a poor man's version of himself? Yep. Yep. All right. It's uh, never been done. <laughs> well, first. I mean, it's it's been done because, like, if you go, if, if Jason Moore goes out and he spends a lot of money, now you're a poor version oh, of Jason true. Moore. That's true. Uh, at the wide but receiver. But I got so much cool stuff. <laughs> I'm rich in my heart. At the wide receiver position, Deontay Johnson has been an elite wide receiver for, uh, for fantasy football. Often very disrespected, but currently being drafted as the wide receiver 13. He is a separation master. He is separating himself currently from the team. That's how good he is. So good at separating. He uh, He's sitting out the team drills right now. This is he, a he uh, wants money. This he's, is a hold in. Yeah, he's he is holding in. Yeah, we have a bit of a game of chicken going on because the Steelers were, uh, they were you know at least it was leaked out. I don't know if they were just flat out saying it, but it was it hit the press that they are not going to give Deontay Johnson the type of money that he thinks he deserves. Are they leveraging to try and find a more team friendly deal? That remains to be seen, but he's just Deontay Johnson, so reliable. At least when Ben was the quarterback, five plus receptions in all but one game. So I mean, pretty reliable. But how are you? <laughs> setting you up here, Jason. How are you feeling about Deontay Johnson? Who we had a little talk about him on this week's Footcast. Yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> I just yeah, no, 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 no. I want you to. I want you to explain your true feelings about him. Uh, so I find myself rooting against him at all times. Yes. You, for whatever reason, want Deontay Johnson to fail. For fantasy and for, for football. Like, I don't want the man to fail. I hope he gets a new contract and has a great life. Uh, wonderful children. I hope, you know, he's got a great relationship at home. But for 2022, you want him to fail. You want him to crash and burn. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and I don't Weird. know why this is not good analysis, okay? So um, sometimes there's just Playing with hate in your shadows heart. in your heart, and he's, he's in that corner. But let me explain my, my rational. I guess what happens, if, if I can do a little bit of self-therapy here, like, you know. Please do. Yeah. I was very low on him compared to everyone like to, not just to, compared yeah, to you here compared it is. To everyone here it is and that's how my stats when I statted everybody out that's that's just how it worked now I had started with Kenny Pickett as the quarterback so the when I worked backwards from there I didn't expect many yards for the team I didn't expect many touchdowns so everyone was really really nerfed he has since come up quite a bit but I'm still much lower on him than consensus and I think the reason like, because I'm there, I find myself, I mean, just naturally, like, rooting for my own stats to be right. And, I mean, I'm, I'm a human being, you know? Right. Uh, guilty as charged. But the reality is, he is a great separator. We say targets are an earned uh, statistic. You earn your targets. But I think that there is legitimacy to the fact that Big Ben snapped the ball and threw it. Snapped the ball and threw it. Snapped the ball and threw it. He did not want to hang in that pocket and get touched, get hit with a terrible offensive line. And who's open in, in half a second? Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's open in half a second. I don't think that Mitchell Trubisky is just going to do that. I don't think he's just going to grab the ball and look to throw it to Deontay, grab the ball and try to save his life and throw it to Deontay as much. And so he, he hyper-targeted Allen Robinson. But it, with, with Allen Robinson, he didn't have other great options here. Chase Claypool is a good wide receiver. You just brought in two 
I, I think good rookies, one great rookie. I think George Pickens is great. You've got Pat Fryermuth. There are mm. and he gets loose. He gets loose. Uh so I I think that Deontay Johnson, like I, I don't I don't have him killed. I mean, I I will never draft him. Um Because you want him to fail. I've got him as the wide receiver twenty three right now. So it's he's not that low. Uh but he's being drafted in the fourth round on Sleeper right now. Uh, early fourth. Uh so because he's been great. Yes, he has been great. In fact, uh, last year on a points-per-game basis in half PPR, he was the wide receiver 10 in points-per-game. So um, we need to say that side of it, too. Uh, Andy loves uh, Deontay Johnson. I yeah. mean, you watch the film, there's not a lot to not like. It's just a matter of, like, scheme, quarterback, and situation that I think he's going to be overdrafted for where he finishes this year since he's not, like, this dominant, big-bodied guy or this speedster or this you know he's just a good route runner and he's got Mitchell Trubisky whereas Allen Robinson Allen Robinson was a freak athlete sure yeah I mean I mean what's coming off the ACL I don't know Deontay Johnson is interesting but speaking of Chase Claypool these numbers are fascinating Jason I'm going to read some things off for you okay. okay I'm going to listen so 109 targets turning into 62 receptions for 870 yards not bad 105 targets turning into 59 receptions for 860 yards. Not quite as good, but but you know, yeah, very very close. Similar. Uh that was that was his rookie year and his sophomore year. So like the raw statistics very very close across the board, but the third except yep, yep. as a rookie, nine receiving touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns as a sophomore, two total touchdowns chase claypool is i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pound the table here for chase claypool he absolutely burned me last year but he's still he's still interesting here it, if you have like mitch trubisky we'll find out is he a better quarterback than than ben was at this stage of his career what we do know is trubisky can move around he can he, he can roll out. He can bootleg out of the pocket and perhaps hit Chase Claypool down the sideline. Now, that would also require Chase Claypool to, you know, up those 50 50 ball game because it's, it was not very great this, this past year. But for a post hype sleeper who we, the fantasy community was very excited for Chase Claypool to take another step off, to, off of that rookie career because. That was truly a great one. When you have 10-plus touchdowns as a rookie, that's a sign of great things to come. Let's everybody down with it. And if he had just hit six touchdowns, it would not. we would not feel anything like we do about Chase Claypool. But going in the back of the ninth, wide receiver 46, with that size and that athleticism, I, just, I think that Claypool is interesting late. I do think that Claypool is being overlooked for what his raw talent is. And according to him. And according to him, because I believe he said he's top three, top three top NFL three. wide receivers, which is very impressive to be one of the best three wide receivers in the, in league, the NFL. Yeah. I mean, incredible stuff, Claypool, um, Jefferson, Chase, Chase Claypool. Claypool. <laughs> yep, nailed it. Good job. Oh, that was almost like a wheel of fortune too. Jamar Chase Claypool. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, no Jamar, right. Chase, before Claypool. and after. Yeah, thank you, Brooks. I yeah, like, yeah, Brooks jumping in with that wheel of fortune knowledge. 
Well, I, I'm I am unaware of what the Wheel of Fortune thing is, but I like the Jamar Chase that, Claypool. That's exactly what it is. It's when you mash two phrases together, but one of the words I've never heard of this. Of course, I've Do also you, ever, you don't wheel. No, bro? I don't watch Wheel of Fortune. I'm not <laughs> eighty. <laughs> oh, you don't need to be eighty to enjoy some wheel. You need to be eighty. Get to down watch with P. Sajak. Come on. How old is P. Sajak? He doesn't look a day over fifty. He's a robot. That's why. <laughs> uh, anyway, Android. Jason Android. Yeah, I, I sorry. Is that the that's he's the part right? human? Um, so I, I think Chase Claypool is uh, a good raw talent. He's another one of those guys I'd rather have in best ball than in a redraft because I think he'll have spike weeks, deep touchdowns, things like that. Which the the touchdown thing is crazy. You know, it, it kind of don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not calling him Mike Evans, but Mike Evans came into the league and scored a bunch of touchdowns and then disappeared for touchdowns once. And then it was like, oh, well, no, he can't. Like, yeah. the dude can score touchdowns. Claypool was a touchdown machine to start. So I, I don't worry about that at all. I think he's a value in best ball. But in redraft, I'm not sure that I love Trubisky's wide receiver, too. For George Pickens, if you're curious, like, again, this is a new team. But historically speaking, the Pittsburgh Steelers, tremendous at drafting rookie wide receivers. Of course, I'm going to say this after we just talk about Claypool. But historically, rookie wide receivers for the Steelers don't really do a whole lot. Uh, and it's it's hard to see a, a world where Deontay is paying off, Chase Claypool is having it, an okay season, and it's, it's Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Like, I'm not, I think Pickens is I'm really, not interested in him for redraft. I, I think Pickens is really good. Uh, as, as he's, he's a talented player. I like him a lot. He had good draft capital, good measurables, good production. Um, and I think he's going to be on the field in three wide receiver sets. He's, he projects to be their best outside receiver to me. So if that's the case, I think it does more to hurt Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool than it does to say George Pickens is going to come out and dominate as a rookie with Trubisky behind these other two wide receivers. But if he is good, then it, I, I, I do think it takes away from the other guys. I'm just not really interested in the receiving options for this offense personally. And that, that hurts me when it, when it yeah, comes to talking about, about Pat Fryermuth. The Muth uh, got very, very loose as a rookie. Um. But this year, he's he's so good. And at the tight end position, I don't I don't mind someone betting on the talent of a player who looks like an up and coming you know you know a face of the position. But again, everything I said about Pickens, I double that over to the Muth. Just it's it's hard to really get excited about a an option so low on the in, in the order when it's Trubisky or a rookie throwing the ball. Yeah, but the shirt's so good. <laughs> so I think I'm in. Look, I I want it to work. I want it to, I want to be excited on a weekly basis. We're all rooting about, for you, about Pat. getting loose. We're just not drafting you. All right. The Browns were 8 and 9. They failed to hit their win per uh, Wait, win. producer check. Do we have news on Sean Watson since we no, started recording? No, it's not no. Okay. It's not coming out until this show is live. No, that's true. Uh, they did not hit their win total. They were projected to be ten and a half, or their projected total was ten and a half. Five and six in one score games. <laughs> now, they made a really big uh, move here. Baker Mayfield is out. He will now be splitting first teams <laughs> team reps with Sam. Oh do you want to speak on that for yes, a moment? Yes, I do. So I feel uh, like you. Uh, you should take. Speaking of self therapy, you should have a moment. I have. I have been a 
supporter yes. uh, of Matt Ja Rule, mm-hmm. head coach of the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers. I have continued while everything and everyone says, no, I, I don't think he's a good coach. I just like, I still believe. You're the I, one dude at, I, at the fire Festival that's like, it's not that bad. I was the last one there. Everyone left me, and it turns out y'all were right because <laughs> I quit Ja Rule, okay? Uh, he is splitting first team reps with Baker and Darnold. No one, including, you know, like the sports book lines have any question who the week one starter is. It's going to be Baker Mayfield. The team doesn't have a question. The players don't have a question. It's going to be Baker Mayfield, but it's like, oh, and then, you know, it's for show. It's like, oh, it's to support Darnold and make sure, hey, competition is good. You know what else is good? Practice. Yeah. Having playing with your teammates and practicing for a new team. Maybe that would help you win games with Baker Mayfield. No, let's take half of his first team reps out so they could compete. Matt Jaw rule, my love affair's over. I remember I remember last year there was a clown coach who was splitting reps with uh the first overall pick. Yeah. Trevor yeah. Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. Oh, you gotta make it a competition. At, let's try this theater that maybe Trevor Lawrence won't be the starter. Just put the guy in. He Baker is better than Sam Darnold. Is he the answer? Find out. Yeah. But the answer is he better than Sam Darnold? Yes, that's inked in. All right, back to the Browns. So they, Thank you for uh, that, though, Mike. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Uh, what's going on with Deshaun Watson? The legal case, it is, or the, the NFL punishment, has still not been handed down as to this point. The latest that I have heard is that the Cleveland Browns are getting ready for an eight-game suspension, which, okay, so for fantasy football purposes, that's a pretty big deal. That if you're talking about these, like, were you excited about Amari Cooper, who the Cleveland Browns also traded for this offseason? They got him for, you know, a couple scraps. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys shedding salary, just overall done with Amari Cooper. Who knows? But Amari Cooper is their number one number one wide receiver. But if it's not Deshaun Watson, it's it's going to be Jacoby uh, Jacoby Brissett, and the as an offense. I mean, you just well, Jacoby's like a fine player. I think he's a good backup quarterback for fantasy. You cannot be excited about anything other than Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, we we've seen this play out, right? I mean, he came in for Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, and ran an offense kind of late to the party where it's like well this wasn't your team but it's your team now and we saw how it went which was not the worst in the league but worse than middle of the pack so hey where's the yes where's the (laughs) jacoby beef brisket i mean we we saw him a good bit again last year for the miami dolphins where uh looks trying to do the quick math as a starter i think he was two and three yeah so the reality is this is a really good team, and this is why they went out and got Deshaun Watson because they felt like they were a quarterback away from a Super Bowl. They've got great offensive-defensive line. I think they've got depth at most of the defensive positions. Um, their running back core is the best in the league with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I, I, I mean, they just need a quarterback to run it. And so Brissett, I think, can keep them alive from an NFL winning games perspective for Deshaun Watson to come back and, and in their eyes, hopefully get them to the playoffs. I think that's the recipe they're preparing for right now. But for 
our purposes, for fantasy purposes, if you're talking about a redraft league, who I'm drafting, who I'm not drafting, I'm not drafting any of the pass catchers at my okay. home league at all unless Deshaun Watson is not suspended at all. That would change quite a bit. But if he starts the first six weeks, you know, I've talked about how I don't want Hopkins. Uh, I'm not drafting him hardly at all because I just don't want to have a roster clog for the first month and a half while I'm almost halfway through the regular season of fantasy football. Amari Cooper's not going to be great with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, no, no receiving option. David Njoku, who I really, really like. Not going to be great with Jacoby Brissett. Now, if this is best ball, you're doing an underdog draft. Well, you're going to get you're going to get those weeks with Deshaun Watson. Like you, the, you know, you you have to draft the whole season at the beginning of the year. So I'm much more willing to do that uh, to get those big weeks that I think will come. Versus in a redraft league, they're all going to be on waivers. You don't want them on your bench. By the time Watson comes back a week or two beforehand, there's going to be a mad scramble for the pieces on waivers. That's the way it's going to play out. Now, the running game, yeah. I think the running game is going to be great before and during Deshaun Watson. So you're, are you in on Nick Chubb in the second round? I am in on Nick Chubb in the second round. He's falling to the back of the second. I've seen him in the third. Um, so at that 2-3 turn where Nick Chubb is going, absolutely. A couple years ago, he was like the running back six off the boards. And that was a little too pricey for me for a guy who's not a pass catcher, even though he's so great on the ground. But if I can get him... At the 2-3 turn, yeah, I'm in. As many top 10 games as Joe Mixon, 36% of his games were great. I keep, he's so, so good, but again, the pass catching is interesting. So we, we won't spend a lot of time on, but, but like Deshaun Watson, historically a strong fantasy football player, Like, but now he's coming into, this is a run-first offense. This is not a high-flying shootout type of an office this is this is high t kevin stefanski stuff do you like does watson go right back into being like a, a top quarterback option for fantasy i mean like yeah or is, is there any concerns there no because I, of the offense no i mean i I think he comes back he he's mobile he's going to run the ball he's going to get some rushing touchdowns you know you you see it with um uh, ryan Tannehill when you've got <laughs> derrick henry and it's like, hey, guys, stop this goal line sure. rush attempt. And then it's like, well, Tannehill gets seven rushing touchdowns of the season. That's going to happen for Deshaun Watson. And while it is a run-first team, and it has been with Stefanski, Stefanski's a good coach. And I think they've been running the ball because that's how they win. And I think they know they can win more games with Deshaun Watson than without him. And that's going to be because he's a great quarterback. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not worried about Deshaun Watson – being you know outside of the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks on a per game basis once he's playing I think he's going to be very good last year 22nd in pace of play so and they 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 slow things down so and remember when the Watson news come out just kind of you know control alt delete all that analysis that happened there and then we'll update you later well probably not because I think when it comes out I mean this is now I'm really setting myself <laughs> up for massive failure but if it comes out that it's you know an eight game suspension then pretty much everything we said holds up. The Baltimore Ravens, 8-9. and nine, They failed to hit their projected win total as well. 6-6 six and six in one-score games. But uh, such a weird year. It was, not, it was so unfair. Such a weird year for the Baltimore Ravens, who 6th in total passing yards, 7th in points per game, 
third in rushing attempts, third in rushing yards, ninth in rushing touchdowns. Like everything was there, but <laughs> except I, the team. Ex, well, yeah, the team wasn't there, but I'm saying th those are fantastic numbers across the board. But us, you, if you played Mark Andrews, you were pretty happy about that. Who had a, a absolute dominant tight end finish and really carried some teams you know Devonta Freeman here or there but like if you went on Lamar in on Lamar he had he had some boom games still but then he had games where you're like well where's where's Lamar Jackson why would why is he not carrying my team right now it was just it was so strange to see this team flip where the defense completely fell apart all right as you know 30 we were targeting the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. There we we were targeting their secondary. You wanted your pass catchers going against the thirty second ranked Baltimore Ravens passing defense. Uh so anyways, that's last year. So moving forward, how are you feeling about Lamar Jackson as a potential as the potential QB one? I don't think he's going to be the potential QB one. I, I like Lamar Jackson. I will draft him quite a bit, and he obviously has the highest rushing upside of all quarterbacks there's there's not really to me a second place that can if every quarterback plays 17 games there's there's no one else who's going to compete with him on rushing yards and and the ground game for Lamar Jackson he's he's too good he played 12 games last year six of them he was a quarterback one so the problem was when he didn't have a great game he was pretty disappointing so right. As far as the overall quarterback one, we've obviously seen it. It's in the range of outcomes for Lamar Jackson. Duh. I don't think it happens because what needs to happen for that to come together is what happened where he, you know, is rushing for a thousand yards and throwing for like 35 plus touchdowns. Um, you know, that he kind of surprised the world uh, when that happened. I, I don't see that happening again, but obviously, can it happen? Sure. You lose Hollywood Brown, which doesn't help because that he was the number one target for a, a large chunk of last year. I mean, the beginning of the year, Hollywood was uh, amazing. But I think you kind of have to throw last year out because very strange. we learned some lessons that I think we need to take from last year. But, uh, you know, per football outsiders, the Ravens had the most adjusted games lost, 192 due to injuries of any team over the last 20 years. So... I mean, they were decimated. If you don't remember, it was a comedy of errors losing players. They lost yeah. their whole team. So what did we learn? We learned that uh, this team would rather have a veteran who can pass protect at running back over an athlete who is able to actually get to the outside or have successful uh, running uh, plays. <laughs> right. Um, because they lost their two-star running backs – but going forward this year, I think Mark Mark Andrews is still my tight end one. Okay. So I and I prefer him a lot over Travis Kelsey when you factor in ADP. You can get Mark Andrews sometimes at the end of the second, whereas you're still spending a first rounder on Kelsey, and the players there are obviously much more valuable than the players around Mark Andrews. And I like taking a shot on Lamar Jackson when he falls, um, which he does from time to time. But uh, that's a know-your-league situation. I don't think I'm going to take him at the top of the fifth. To just you know highlight again the weirdness, Lamar Jackson had nine games of 30 or more pass attempts this past season. Through his first three years in the league, he had seven total. 
Like the the Ravens were just getting scored on. So I think the passing attempts, you know, they will be up compared to the first three years. But I don't. I'm not projecting them to be anywhere near where they were this past year. Which so Mark Andrews is still fantastic, but I'm not. I don't have him as high as you guys do. Uh, let's so let's just touch on uh, Rashad Bateman then before we move into the running backs. A 15.7% target share last year. You know, a first round pick. That's you know that's a decent target He's share. He's a very talented wide receiver. Yeah, a very talented. He he profiles to me more as a number one wide receiver than Hollywood Brown does. Brown is undersized, but extremely fast. Bateman seems to be more well-rounded. But I, I've, it's very difficult for me to be all in on Rashad Bateman. In the, in the pre-draft process, I've kind of found that too, like when everyone was really excited for Hollywood Brown and I'm putting my numbers in, I'm like, I, I just can't get I can't get him there unless you have a huge outlier touchdown thing happen, which was that's what Hollywood Brown was doing at the beginning of the season. Where are you on Rashad Bateman currently going as the wide receiver 34? I am. Uh, I, I think he will finish better than the wide receiver 34. I mean, if that's where he's being drafted in your leagues, I'll draft him every single time there. He's currently my wide receiver 20. There that's is a decent breakout. Yeah, there is not. Um, a lot of other options. I mean, you you have David Duvernay and Prochet, and there are people. But as far as talent, this is like yes, a two, they have people on the team. Th this is a two man show. You know, it's Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, and that's what I like when I'm trying to target fantasy points. Is like I want a consolidation of those targets. Um, I don't think Bateman will be the super sensational breakout. Uh, down the field uh, superstar for fantasy that some people are hoping okay. and projecting. That's more where I was getting. But I think he'll be a highly targeted, uh, good possession receiver that is valuable on a week-to-week -week basis with maybe even more consistency than, than people expect. The running back position is extremely difficult. You have J.K. Dobbins, who was absolutely electric as a rookie. In fact, the most rushing touchdowns ever for a rookie running back with fewer than 140 carries. It felt like basically every time he, he got the ball, and it, and it took a while for the Ravens to move away from Mark Ingram. J.K. Dobbins took that job over the second half of the season. Then Gus Edwards, who also he feels like every time he touches the ball, he's going at least five yards. Yeah. He's just an absolute tank. He also tore, he tore his ACL along with J.K. Dobbins in the, in the, in the preseason and training camp uh, part of the year. They're both on the pup list. J.K. Dobbins was very uh, vocal and adamant that he's going to be ready to go. He said he's probably not going to end up on the pup. So, you know, check one box for Ian Rappaport's source. But running back 22 for J.K. Dobbins for a guy that you have, we just don't know, is he electric enough that you're willing to take on the risk? I haven't been, no. Okay. Um, I... I uh... You know, on these things, I try to default to people with actual medical degrees and knowledge of the science and stuff like that. But, right. Um, his injury is different than just... Would you like to ask the cardboard bear? <laughs> yes. Um, his injury was pretty significant, multi-ligament plus the meniscus. And will he be back week one? 
Maybe. He says he will. Uh, will he be utilized in a heavy workload fashion right back from this injury to be a really good fantasy football pick? Almost certainly no. Like, the, uh, like I can't imagine a world where you come in week one, he is getting 25 total touches, 25 opportunities a game. I just can't see that happening. Um, and if that, and, and then if he did do that, what is his efficiency off of this injury? Because usually it takes two years back from this type right. of an injury before you're back to pre-injury uh, production. So I have been passing on Dobbins. I early in the off season loved Dobbins. I think in our um, ultimate draft gate, he was kind of listed as a breakout super, super early. The more information that came out, because originally it was thought to be a clean ACL, mm -hmm. and then the timeline started saying, man, he should be back. Oh, he's not back because it wasn't a clean ACL. And it's like, then you found more and more to how severe this injury was, and it's just someone I'm betting against. I'm not going to buy the injury dip here. Uh, Gus Edwards, his running mate, was like, well, okay, he's got a clean ACL. Good. Maybe I'll draft him. In fact, I drafted quite a bit of him in uh, best ball because he's, I mean, so late. He is left for dead because he's injured and he's the backup. So that makes sense. But if J.K. Dobbins is completely uh, not ready to go, then Gus Edwards has a great opportunity, except now we're at the training camp on a timeline where he should be good to go. Right. And he's not. Yeah. So now I'm like, well, is there more to his injury? Like, How it, much of their recovery is related to the Baltimore training oh, uh, uh, field? Yeah, but, it's got to be probably 85% of it. Groundskeepers in Baltimore. I hope this problem has rectified itself. Yeah, get some, get some green grass there. Who wins the division? Who wins the division? Is this is this current that the Ravens are the favorite? Yeah, they moved from third to the favorite. That is my pick. Wow. You're not going to go a repeat of the Bengals? Super Bowl losers don't always have a kind yeah, year back off of the Super Bowl loss. Yeah. Um, I'll take the Ravens. Best Ball Breakdown, presented by Underdog Fantasy. All right. Whoa, it's back. Here's what we're doing. Today, we're going to talk to you in making your underdog lineups about stacks. Everyone's favorite thing to talk about. But, but Jason. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The oh. Vopo, the voice of public opinion. You waited until now? Well, hey there, Mike. Hey, Vopo, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I got a vacation. Been globetrotting. You sound much more like Mickey Mouse this time. I got a lot of pep in my step. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about stacks again. You've been talking about stacks already. Yeah, my friend Jason loves talking about them. The reason we're talking stacks about stacks on stacks. Stacks on stacks. The reason we're talking about it again is twofold. One, it's because it is important. If you're playing Best Ball Mania 3 <laughs> and you are not three. stacking the, the yeah, the Best Ball Mania 3. If you're not stacking your quarterback with a pass catcher, you're you know, you're not Building optimal lineups. And we want the Foot Clan to win Best Ball Mania 3. Like, that's our... I want someone here to be like, yeah, I became a millionaire. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. And I do expect a tip. Yeah, I, no. I'm giving you tips right now. What? 50-50? You know, no, Mike. I think we can give the winner... 55! 
Okay. 55-45. 55-45. 55%. We'll take the 45. Nice. We're, we're honorable men. Uh, so stacks are important, but today we're not just talking about, oh, stack. I'm, I'm going to bring up and clarify that not all stacks are the same and just give you a cheat sheet. I want to give you guys a couple targets, easy takeaways of maybe who to target as stacks that can actually come together because sometimes you're at certain parts of the draft. It's hard to stack a player with a different player based on ADPs. But here's the first and foremost uh, point is that you want a stack that elevates your quarterback. When you grab the greatest, you know, you're spending a first rounder on Stephon Diggs, who I love, and Josh Allen, who's going to be the wide receiver, the quarterback one in the third round. Those guys are expected to be great. Their, their draft cost is already factoring in that their elevated greatness. They're not making each other necessarily better. In fact, that had a negative correlation last year. That stack had a negative correlation to advance rates in the best ball mania three. Same with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I mean, they were great last year. What more do you want but what they did? And it was a negative correlation because you're spending so much on on that, and those players aren't elevating the quarterback over expectation. Whereas, let's take a look at, I don't know, Carson Wentz, your favorite quarterback, Vomit. Mike. Well, you love Carson Wentz. Uh, only 33% of Carson Wentz's lineups were stacked with either Jonathan Taylor or Pity City. But when they were stacked, to give you a frame of reference, let's say you stacked uh, Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey. You advanced 10% of the time. Let's say you stacked Carson Wentz with Michael Pittman. You advanced 21% of the time. Okay. Let's say that's you better. stacked with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, obviously, Jonathan Taylor was just a great pick. Sure. But that's 43% of the time. Uh, when you stack with a guy that is kind of a, a lower expectation with a quarterback that isn't everybody's favorite quarterback, when the player comes through, if you can find that that more affordable wide receiver tight end who's going to have some big games and come through, well, that's going to take this quarterback that you stacked him with and have a dominant performance that is different than the other players you're playing against. So here are – this is just the cheat code. We're just going to give you some – Late round stacks that we think you should target. Darnell Mooney or or Cole Komet with Justin Fields. Okay. I I'll, love this stack. It's one of my most common. George Kittle is pretty much my favorite tight end when he falls. If he he's been falling to the fifth, I've seen him in the sixth round, the back of the fifth. If you can grab Kittle and then you come around and pair him with Trey Lance, that is huge upside that doesn't cost you much. I do have one word of warning, or not one word, a couple words of warning. Okay. I'm not done with Trey Lance's ADP. You're not down no, with Trey I'm Lance's? Not, I'm, I'm not done with it. Oh, oh no. Mike, it's, it's not you're going to raise him up? Yeah, Josh Groban style. Come on, man. Um, so if you want late Trey Lance, get in now. you better do it this weekend. All right. Uh, I like Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is <laughs> I don't, not everybody agrees with me here, but I think Mac Jones is an awesome quarterback, and he's going to be good for fantasy, better than he was last year, obviously, in his second year. Not like Tom Brady, but he's going to be relevant. And it, you can stack him with Hunter Henry, which is one of my favorites, because you you know he's the uh, red zone target. Same with Devontae Parker, who today uh, yep, it came talked out up. being talked up as uh, their red zone work, Devontae Parker was dominating. Um Let's say you believe Trevor Lawrence is going to have a, a a good breakout candidate. Get Christian Kirk, who's super undervalued. Um, two others here. 
this one's for Kyle. <laughs> Kyle wants us to say Chris Olave and Jameis Winston because right. he loves Chris Olave. All right, we said it. Moving right, on. We said it. Also, Michael Thomas. But my favorite is Kadarius yep, Tony I'm in on this one. with Daniel Jones. Those guys are not costing you a ton, and you talk about electric upside in a new offense. It's there. So those are the type of guys, when you're at the back of your draft, pay attention to who you're drafting. Like, if if you're at a wide receiver and you're choosing between two or three wide receivers and you've got one quarterback, can you stack the one you're picking, or has that quarterback already been drafted? Or is like, oh, yeah, well, if I get Amon Ra here instead of that guy or Darnell Mooney, well, then I can grab Jared Goff or I can grab Justin Fields. Pay attention and win millions of dollars. That's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Do not forget ultimatedraftkit.com. I would never forget that. I Mike. know you wouldn't, but I'm Watch. letting the let Very nice. The only draft tool you need over this offseason updates the entire offseason. Also, pro tip. Oh, you got one. You can go to myudk.com once yeah, you have the yeah, ultimate yeah, draft yeah. kit because that's the only way I get to it. Just go to myudk.com once you have it. Quick, easy access to just pull it up. Uh, we will have another show for you on Saturday. We may even see you on Saturday. Woo! And then next week. <laughs> next week. Five shows. It's August. It's go time. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Join our fantasy football community on jointhefoot.com. And follow us on Twitter at the FF Ballers.